Hello, Screeders. What is your favorite part about going to conventions? Is it the games? Is it an opportunity for you to play games you don't usually play? Are you trying to brand yourself or something that you're selling? Are you trying to run play tests for something that you're writing? I don't know. What I do know is today is November 5th, 2019. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nap man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. Hey, it's Laren. I just want to clarify that I said a lot of people were disappointed based on what you have said. You're the one that talked about how many people were giving you crap on Facebook and how many people were treating you badly and how many people were no longer your friend who you thought were your friend and all of that. So just FYI, that was totally based on what you said, not based on any, I don't know, it sounded like you were trying to correct me when I was just saying what you had indicated in your episodes. So I am done talking about this subject. (laughs) I, I feel like I've tried really hard to clarify how it is possible that someone could hold a different view than you and not be a horrible person who just believes every single thing they read on the internet. And I feel like that is what you keep coming back to no matter what anyone says. So I'm all done. Have a great day. There was Liren from Updates from the middle of nowhere. Hey, Liren, super sorry if I offended you. And uh, I certainly was not trying to correct you in any way. Uh, What I was trying to do is take the opportunity to emphasize that before I re-released the episode, I was getting uh, a lot of pushback and difficult speech and accusations, and I thought that was an important point to um, reiterate, and I'm really sorry if it came across as a clarification. I'd also uh, like to say that... Uh, probably the reason I keep coming back to that is because it is a sticking point with me because all of the strife and all of the difficulties come from the association uh, with Macris. Yes, there is the Gamergate aspect, and I'm not uh, trying to say that that doesn't exist. I would say that I don't understand it, but the majority of the strife and the continual interaction uh, that I get is the uh, Macris's relationship or association with Milo. So what is the association? What is that relationship? with Milo. A lot of people seem to think they know what that relationship is, and I think there is a questionable doubt of what that relationship is. And I think that that is everyone seems to ignore that because it does not fit uh, their narrative or what they want to do or what they're capable of doing uh, to rail against 
um, this schism or um, an opposite ideology of theirs. I'm far from perfect, and I am very sorry to uh, offend you, and I really do actually appreciate you calling in. I definitely don't live in an echo chamber, and as I've mentioned many times, my political views and ethics and morals are probably way closer in line to yours uh, than the other side, we'll say, which I don't believe that there's only two sides. I think only having two sides is bad for us. Um, and if you choose not to listen, nor to call in, nor to talk about it, I understand. And I appreciate what you did do. So, thanks. Hey Jason, the other Jason here, Nerds RPG Friday Cast. Glad you had a good time at Gamehole. You, you know, I'm sorry about the social issues. I'm in your corner. Um, I will say that I don't think this is a unique period us in America. Social media definitely puts it, might put it in a slightly stronger skew, but, you know, you go back to revolutionary times and you had people, the Federalists and the Democrats, they were at each other's throats. I've got a buddy who used to be a British soldier and he was deployed in Northern Ireland, you know, a couple decades ago, and he would talk about how you know, you'd be walking in the streets and somebody would grab, a group of thugs would grab you, drag you in the alley and ask you, which are you, you know, Catholic or Protestant? And depending on your answer and which group of thugs, depending on what happened there. So I, I don't think we're unique. It's easy to think that, you know, because we're in the moment. But 21st century America is definitely very divisive. You have not misrepresented that, my friend. Um, and it's a shame because... Regardless whether I agree with you or not about something, there are things I can learn from you. We're all humans, we're all valuable, and we all deserve to be treated with respect, so I don't know. Anyhow, glad you had a good time, and I'm definitely in your corner, man. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye. These are the days of high adventure. So this episode, I really wanted to talk about the fun games that I played and ran as far as RPGs go. Like I said last episode, the first game was Tales of the Fallen Empire with James Carpio, not Caprio. All you gaming and BS people will get that joke. The rest of you probably won't. Uh, the game started with uh, James kind of giving a brief overview about his setting, which I don't blame him. He It's a product that you can purchase. And then he talked about the Lucky 13 system. And I got my answer to the mystery of why he was doing that. Was why he was running Tales of the Fallen Empire with Lucky 13. He wants to take the Lucky 13 system and convert it or manipulate it uh, design-wise and put it into a fantasy game. So currently it's the design with Merle Rasmussen and it was for the new World Order uh, top secret game. So there, secret mystery revealed. But that does not answer the question of why Tales of the Fallen Empire isn't more popular or more spoken of. And could he re-release it? Is it because of the current settings that are coming out at the glacial pace of Goodman Games Kickstarters? Did he just miss 
the exact right time to publish the book to make it more popular. I can remember Spellborn talk, Spellburn talking about it some concerning the different classes. Uh, and this was long enough ago that I still think it was Judge Job and Judge Jim. Regardless, it doesn't get a lot of love. It's a cool book. I have it. Uh, it took me some time to get it, and it was purchased uh, third or fourth hand, which means that, you know, it's going through some people. So anyhow, if you have some thoughts on that or even a publishing concept of when is the right time for a third-party product to come out for a popular system, when is the right time? I don't know. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. All right, so back to Tales from the All and Fallen Empire with James Carpio, not Crapio. Oh my God, I don't even remember how to say it. Anyway, James was cool. Uh, the game was interesting. And when he was describing his setting, a guy next to me, which I should say, I didn't recognize any of the players in this game, which is pretty unusual for kind of a old school sort of field type game where you'd expect to... I mean, I've been to the coming of this con for five or six years now, and I would kind of expect to know most of the people or at least have seen them before. But these guys, all new to me, except for James. And uh, James is describing his setting and kind of what's happening and what's setting the scene. And uh, he mentions that in this, you know, decadent, fallen empire, these guys are heavy slave users... And there's a, you know, a slave block there. The guy next to me, this older dude, kind of, he named, when we chose characters, he said, I'll be the bitch. And takes a female sorceress. Which was weird and a little uncomfortable. And I was already like, man, I kind of wish I wasn't sitting next to this guy. As soon as he mentions the slaves, hey, we should all pool our money together buy some slaves and send them in front of the party for trap fodder. All right. That's weird and a little uncomfortable. What's worse, I look over at a time and he kind of comes back and I look down at his name tag and it says Harvey Weinstein. What the hell is going on? My first game at Game Hole 2019. I'm in a game with Harvey Weinstein who A, wants to play the bitch and B, wants to buy a bunch of slaves for trap fodder. Okay. (sighs) Later, when we're trying to get some information in this city as we're searching for a particular place in the city uh, to get the MacGuffin to take back to the guy who we have to help out, (laughs) I leave one of the people who attacks us alive, as you do. So we can get some information. I think I just ro- drove down the wrong road. Son of a biscuit. Anyway, I say, can we make a roll or something to see if we can get the information? I don't want to get involved in some sort of torture interrogation scene. That ain't my gig. I got no interest in that. I've seen it before, and it's never cool. It's always kind of dumb, disgusting, and... Uh, something I'd rather not have to do. We'll fade to black with some harsh words and make a roll, see how much information we get. But no, before it even gets out of my mouth, hardly, 
Harvey Weinstein next to me yells, I cut off his finger. So I just immediately stand up and walk out. I figure I'll go to the bathroom, I'll get a cup of coffee, I'll hang out with the gaming and BS booth for a while, complain about the situation, and then I'll go back. And I did, but people, let's let's have some respect for the other players. Let's, in, if you want to do this shit at your game at your house, go ahead. That's your gig. But don't do it in public. Don't do it at con games. No raping the characters or anyone else for that matter. Uh, no torture scenes. Come on, man. Just seriously, don't do it. Uh, I ended up going back. It looks like they had taken a break. We took some breaks. I talked to James. It was fine. But in all honesty, the whole game was kind of colored by this weird dude. It was just weird. He even brought like his his daughter or niece or something started playing. And she was super nice, uh, but not as weird. And in some ways, I kind of feel like he toned it down when she showed up. So, hey, let's always play like our niece or our mom or our grandma is at the table. Okay, let's do it, people. Yes, on to the next game. All right, the second game uh, was with the esteemable Jesse Bailey from the Crusader podcast. Um, 11 months ago, when I mentioned that it took us four hours to create Castles and Crusades characters, Jesse reached out and said, hey, I should run Castles and Crusades because you're obviously some sort of Doomcoff numbnuts that doesn't know how to do it because it shouldn't take that long. And I was definitely interested in that, and it didn't work out at GaryCon nor online, but it did work out at Game Hall 2019. So I gathered up uh, Hawk and Bird, and uh, we played some Castles and Crusades with Jesse. It was the same uh, game or adventure slash con game that Jesse had set up for some other guys that he ran for GaryCon, and uh, it was a TPK. We didn't quite defeat the bad guy, but we did move adroitly through the red herrings and the mini setting that was created around the adventure and got to the problem with our own little Green River Gamers Association twist. And uh, Jesse ran a good game. I really couldn't even tell it was Castles and Crusades. I never opened up the book. Most of the information was right on my character sheet. Uh, we dealt with a sort of, uh, I don't know what I would call it. It kind of reminds me of Innsmouth, maybe, or something like that, a Cthulhu-esque. Something's happening here from something ancient, and all the people may be infected, and you got to try and figure out who is part of it and who isn't, and maneuver your way through that sort of thing, and get to the bottom of things and hopefully deal with it. Well, during the with the dealing part... I was playing a wizard. Jesse let me get a little crazy with my wizard, which I am wont to do. And uh, we kicked some butt, but my wizard was destroyed in his full-out shocking grass spell in an attempt to destroy an elder brain. And I think I destroyed it, but it also destroyed me, so I didn't get to tell. Lightning bolts shot out of my eyes as a... a f- 48-point shocking grass spell blasted into this creature. 
through me and was uh, exemplified through uh, this little trap that we had set. Unfortunately, it was the end for all of us. There were only three characters. Uh, We did good, though. It was fun, and I really appreciate Jesse running the game. Uh, There wasn't any weirdness. It was fun. Thanks again. Loved it. So a lot of talk went back and forth about playing uh, Kalmada with me running something. I took uh, Low Fantasy Gaming, which I did not print any character sheets off for, and I took Kalmada, and I had a tassel of characters for OSE built off of uh, Ram's character generator, which I I put through a little tweaking uh, with the ability scores, often add a rumor for Kalmada, and there you go. They have their equipment, they have everything, you just hand them out and go. But I had so much fun at HofCon, I really kind of wanted to do something similar where we were playing third level characters and maybe there was a specific story and we kind of ran it through like we might an old school campaign which could be a drop-in, drop-out, but it's not really West Marches. There's kind of one story going on. You can always jump off the tracks, off the railroad, anytime you'd like. But uh, it's very, very vague, such as in, in the white sands of Abjamar, the city-states are around this badlands, and the whole area of the desert of the Christian League is kind of encompassed by mountain ranges, and some real nasty areas to the south. And uh, their way of life is basically these caravans that go, go around the Badlands and travel from one side of the White Sands of Abjamar to the other side, and in between, shipping goods. And uh, I don't even really know what their individual imports or exports are, as they live in a pretty vast desert Uh the other idea or concept of the setting is it's mostly made up of two groups of individuals. The Shadar, who are these Bedouin, let's stay to the old ways, sort of people roaming about the desert, occasionally trading, occasionally uh, raiding. And uh, the Emirates, or the Rajas, who are the families the houses that control the city-states and the trade and anything that happens in the city-states. There's also little villages around and caravanseries uh, that are housing these caravans as they travel through the White Sands. Well, one of them hadn't been hadn't been heard from in some time, and so uh, a wizard Salsweedle skin f- flute. <laughs> Hey, it's a con game. Sometimes things get crazy. Anyway, Saul's Weedle uh, hired the group to go and find out what was happening in this village of uh, Abmar Jadul or something, which was so close to <laughs> Abdul Jabbar that I didn't even realize it when I gave it out. It came from a random name generator. But anyway, we continually got the name of the village wrong. They went through a series of adventures and events, and uh, after, just as they were reaching where the mystery should be figured out or where it was happening, uh, some of the Minneapolis crew showed up, Ryan and uh, John Carnes and Trevor Hartman. 
showed up to play and we played from till about 1 a.m i'd say so probably seven or so to one and that included character generation well i guess they were pre-gens but they were first level characters and we upped them to third level because that makes a little more sense in this setting and then we also um gave them a hoard that they had achieved and that showed how much money they had what their belongings were any magic items that they had gotten from that hoard which dumasianly enough came from some sort of interaction with this sawsweedle guy or a previous job or something similar so there you go that is the situation and uh yeah they the other group joined in and they got to the bottom of the mystery of Abdul Jabbar and what was happening. They found a weird statue of a primordial entity that had attracted a tassel of ankegs that were really wreaking havoc on this village. And there was a sole survivor, a priest of Arcananamar, who had prayed for saviors to come. And they did in the form of the adventurers. Uh, it was really kind of a Tremors sort of feeling. Uh, a Tremors mixed with Conan. And there were lots of interesting things to happen and to see and to enjoy. And uh, they eventually got the statue or the idol that was creating the problems out. But not without tainting the wizard played by Trevor Hartman who actually got the attention of the primordial entity and we don't know exactly what happened but they found out that a group of lemurians had actually come and taken some of the villagers and um we ended the night there at 1 a.m as they planned to reconvene on the morrow and uh find out where the villagers had been taken and who these Lemurians were as the Lemurians had died out aeons ago. And there you have it. It's Cliffhanger 2. Game Hole 3. Coming up tomorrow. Stay alive. You got a job to do. And don't quit. I hope you enjoyed this trip through Mr. Hobbs's Gamerhood. Won't you be my gamer. Mm-hmm.